sunshine, rocking the good time with all our friends. Easy and carefree, out in the summer breeze, loving a simple thanks for hours on end. Right about sundown, we lay on the ground, count on the stars as they come out one at a time. Ain't this a sweet life? Hey everybody, I'm X Factor winner Tate Stevens, and welcome to the Sweet Life Podcast, where we talk about everything from music, sports, food, entertainment, and, well, just living the sweet life. Hey everybody, Tate Stevens, and as always, AJ Kronk. Yeah, man. Uh, today we got a good show for you. Um, got a buddy of mine, uh, met through another good buddy, uh, and um, just a good dude. We're gonna we're gonna talk some baseball. We're gonna talk some uh, college athletics with him. Uh, we got Sean Sumi from the Avila Eagles, the fighting into the fighting Eagles of Avila. Uh, but uh, he's on with us today, so stick around. It's gonna be awesome. And AJ's over here breaking stuff. Thank <laughs> you, Sprawling. All right, so Sean, uh, thanks for thanks for coming on, taking your time. Uh, you guys had a ball game today, um, which is awesome. Thanks, like I said, this this time you could be home with the family, and and you're you've uh, you've agreed to let us take some of your time today. So uh, we appreciate that a lot. And uh, so let's let's talk about Sean Sumi. Your your journey. Now, I did read, I did a little, I did a little research on you. I did a little research um, just so. I- so people, I could, I could kind of, um, you know, let people know some of the things that maybe you didn't talk about or something like that, but let's, let's start. Where did you, where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Um, where are you from originally? South Bend, Indiana. So grew up in South Bend, Indiana. Tate and AJ, thanks for having me too. It's a uh, honor to be here today. So, but grew up in South Bend, Indiana under the shadow of the golden dome. Nice. Yeah. We call it God's country over that way. So yeah. Yeah, and always wanted to go to Notre Dame, but uh, did not focus enough on the grades, I guess. (laughs) So did not get into Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I would have that problem, too, myself. (laughs) So so where did you end up going to college? Where'd you go to college after high school? So I I was a mama's boy and uh, I I went to college mile and a half from my home at Bethel College in Mishawaka, Indiana. I've heard of Bethel. I know exactly. you know, it was, was kind of had, had a chance to go to a couple different places, but the closest one was about three hours away and uh, decided I was going to stay there, go to Bethel, graduate with a education degree and go coach and teach at my, at the high school I went to uh, nice. high school in Mishawaka, Indiana. thought I'd go there, do that. And uh, so I stayed close to home and I have not lived at home since I graduated college in 1998. <laughs> So you were you were there for a while. Maybe you said, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Not with this place. Yeah, yes, four going. years. I'm out of there. Um, now, you know, growing up, playing baseball, obviously, right? You went went to – did you play baseball at Bethel also? I did. Yep, okay. yep. Um, now, and, and, and for the college, the people who don't know about college athletics um, – and, and I didn't play college. I didn't go to college, uh, but like just watching my son go through his journey at college. And it is, it is, it is, you have to love that game, you know, whether it's golf, baseball, basketball, football, it doesn't matter. You have to love what you're doing um, when you get to that college level, because it is a job and it is, it consumes all of your time. Yep. It's a grind. It, it it's, is. It's the best way to describe that, you know, and, you know, baseball wise, baseball is a little different, you know, and, and, and you're right. Your son played at a high level of division two football. Right. I mean, and that's kind of the thing that, uh, that people don't understand either. Like, you know, Bethel was an NAI school, but, you know, we, we had a chance to play. I had a chance to play in three regional tournaments. Uh, the level of competition that we played was really good. We played uh, division one schools in, in Indiana and had those opportunities to do that. So, you know, when, when you do it, especially at a smaller school that's successful, mm-hmm. that, that grind is really there because it's uh, the expectations are there. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, it doesn't matter if you're if you go to LSU or Bethel, yep. the expectation is to win. 
the expectation is to be a student athlete um, and to, to, you know, you got to put the best, you know, nine on, on the field all the time. So, you know, if you're not winning, they got to find somebody else to, to put in there, but yeah, that's the, it is a grind and it, for, especially for the student athletes. I mean, it's hard to get a job, you know, to have extra money. Um, it's hard to, uh, you know, just kind of live, live that college life. Yeah. The other kids, you know, the kids that just come watch the games or, or just party, they, they get to do that, have jobs, have a little extra cash here and there. And, and where the athletes, you know, they're, they're kind of limited on all that. And it is, like I said, you got to love it. I watched, I watched Hayden do it for, for five years and, uh, man, the dedication it takes to become a college, to ages to become a college athlete. You know what I mean? Just to to have that skill set, just to even go play college baseball, basketball, yep. or whatever. Um, that's so much work. And 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 uh, when I was growing up, um, you know, like summer ball and stuff like that. It was you know you played your little little league baseball teams and you played your tur- little tournaments and stuff. Yep. wasn't a lot of travel ball back then. You know, yep. um, then as as Hayden you know, Hayden played baseball also, um, up until his sophomore year of high school. Then he realized, Hey dad, <laughs> I think football is going to, going to do a little better for me than baseball. But, um, and you know, all the, the weekends on the summer and the, you know, we'd take family vacations to baseball tournaments, you know, I mean, it's just how it was. And, and, um, so the kids today put in so much time, even before they get to the, to the, the college level, but they have to, because yep. if you don't, you are so far behind. Yeah. 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 Um, no, and, and that's, you know, baseball, especially, right. Like <clears throat> what you had talked about, you talked about every weekend. I was fortunate enough last summer to, you know, coach for the prospects, Daryl's summer team. And uh, it was every weekend. Right. And we traveled, I mean, we traveled a little bit to St. Louis, to Pittsburgh, Kansas, and, um, but the, you know, those families sacrifice a lot, those kids sacrifice a lot to yeah. do it. You have to love it. And, 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 and you want to make sure that, you know, that if you're doing it, that you're having fun with it as well and learning. I think that was the big thing, right. Is to make sure that, you know, we burn kids out because we, 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 we demand so much and expect so much, but they don't have fun doing it. Yeah. I wrestled, uh, from the time I was like eight years old, all the way up through high school and stuff. And, and I remember you know, wrestling tournaments and it's just like every weekend there's a tournament and, and, you know, then it's, it's, it is a grind and, and you practice through the week. And then once you get to high school, then you have the AAU stuff in the summertime, you know, if you want to wrestle AAU, then you go do that. And that's, you know, a couple months of, of you know, basically you get like a week and a half off for summer, Yeah, you know, to do nothing. Yeah. Uh, other than that, you're wrestling. So, um, you know, it, okay, it, you know, the, the best part about wrestling is, is my brother was a wrestler and he went to college to wrestle originally. Mm-hmm. Worst part was Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> no. I, I felt guilty eating. I felt guilty eating a plate of food in front of him because he's got to cut weight because he has a big tournament on Friday, Saturday. That's that's funny. I, you know, fortunately for me, um, I never had to cut weight. Uh, I wrestled, I wrestled, I was, I was able to wrestle in the weight class that I didn't, um, have to cut weight. And I, I would kind of, I would kind of use it in to my advantage a lot of times because right. I would step on the scale eating food <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, Oh dude, come on, man. You can't do that. You know, all these guys are com- buck naked standing there on the scale, trying exhaling, you know what I mean? Watching the, the, the mob, like, oh no, I made it. You know, I'm standing there with a sandwich and all full, fully dressed with a sandwich. And uh yeah. <laughs> but no, it is, it is that it's it is such a it's such a um a grind for the for the high school kids getting to that college level. And once you get there, it is a job. And um, that's the one thing that, like I said, watching Hayden go through it and some of my friends, kids that are going through it now, you know, they call home and they're like, Hey, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. This it's, it's almost, it almost takes the fun out of it, you know, for them. Because when you're in high school, you play for your high school. You are, you are playing for those, however many fans sit there on Friday nights or at the ball games. You know what I mean? That's who you're playing for. And you're playing for your friend who's right next to you. 
yeah. you know, and and you you don't want to let him down. He doesn't want to let you down. You can't let your school down. You know what I mean? It's it's that thing, and it's it's such a special time in kids' lives. Then when they get to college, it's like I don't know any of these dudes. Yep. You got to become a team. You know, I got to learn to trust you. You got to learn to trust me. And then we got to put it together because we're going to be here a lot together, you know, and, and this sacrifice, we're doing this together. And I think um, that builds a lot of great friendships for life. And, and especially with the freshmen, the, the freshman kids coming in together, if they can stay together, like Hayden had 35 kids come in in his graduating class with him. Um, they graduated, I think, seven out of the 35 that came in with them, you know, cause everybody left. Some kids quit. Some kids graduated early, you know, some kids, whatever. But I think they had seven left of the original 35 that came in in his group. And, um, you know, like you said, I mean, he's like, we'll be friends till we're, we die because yeah, no, that, that's a cool thing, right? Like you yeah. back in my, at my wedding party and stuff. And it was college teammates, guys I had played against or coached against. And those are, that's the thing, right? You develop those lifelong relationships and friendships that become who you share good news, bad news with everything. And they become yep. your closest friends because you've been through those times. you right. You were homesick in college. You fought through that together. You, you went through breakups. You went through all these things that happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's in, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I have a, I have a soft spot in my, my heart for the college kid, the college athletes who, who are out there grinding it out, doing it. Now I will say the NIL deals are, are uh, on the football side of things right now are getting crazy. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It's okay. I think not that they're not that they should make, you know, a million dollars a year playing college football, but they need to make some money. You know, when think about Tim Tebow, and still to this day, no one has sold more jerseys than Tim Tebow ever in any sport. Football, baseball, basketball, no one. He oh, he holds that record of selling number 15 Florida Gator jerseys. How much, if they had NIL back then, how much money do you think he'd be worth right now? Hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Because he's he, he was a freak and, you know, Anyway, so, but I'm, I'm glad to see that they're able to get some money now uh, for what they do because they can't work. A lot of those kids can't work, you know, and they don't have, and they don't have money. They don't have, their folks can't afford to send them money. Right. You know, so, um, so what was your first coming out of college? What was your first college um, gig? Well, you're coaching. Cause I, I think it was, uh, um, if I remember right. Manchester, Manchester University in Indiana. Yeah, that's right. And this is what I love. I think you and I talked about this briefly a little bit, but, you know, Hayden's into the coaching and doing that stuff now and stuff. And it's funny. My first coaching job, I got paid $2,500 for the year, like 10-month contract, $250 a month. (laughs) That was it, right? I got to live in campus house, a campus house that was – over a hundred years old that I mean, there was no air conditioning. And in the winter, the windows barely even closed. So it was perfect. Yeah. In the cafeteria, but I did that for two years to it. it and again, it was kind of like, but that's what you're used to. You grinded it out as an athlete at a small college. Yep. And then you got your start there. And um, it was fun. I mean, I, I worked, I actually, I talked to my, my first boss, Rick Espeset, he's still the baseball coach at Manchester and he's now the athletic director there. We talked today, uh-huh. you developed so many relationships there and it helped prepare me for a career in coaching and athletics beyond that. Right. Now, it's just funny. You know, you get kids that graduate and they're like, well, I want to coach. I'm like, great. What do you, what do you want? And he's like, well, your kids are like, well, I want, you know, I need $35,000 to start. I <laughs> just like, wow. You're, you're until like my fourth stop. Are you kidding me? So, <laughs> you're like, good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah, great. Great. Good. Yeah. I mean, my first head coaching job at Judson in Elgin, Illinois, two years after Manchester is making $24,000 as a head baseball coach and an admissions counselor at NAI school. And I, I thought I was the richest guy in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like, almost 10 times my salary. I'm feeling good. So like, <laughs> I to live in the suburbs of Chicago. Right. Right. But, 
but you know, but, but we don't, you know, you don't get into coaching for the pure money and stuff. And, and you know, it, it's all about the relationships you build and the, the young men or women that, you know, that you get to come in contact with and, and be a part of their lives. And, you know, when you get that wedding invite or, you know, you get the text that, Hey, we're going to have our first child and things like that. Like, that's what makes it worth it. And it, it's those relationships from uh, 24 years ago, 25 years ago now that like still keeping in touch with those guys. And like, they're at their different stages in life now than what they were then. It's yep. it makes you realize like, man, it was pretty cool. It's a pretty cool experience. I've had it. I've, I've got to uh, experience my life. Yeah. And, and, you know, Hayden, like I said, Hayden's going through that right now. And, and, um, it isn't about the money because you can't chase the, you, it's like, you can't chase the dollar in coaching uh, because there isn't one, you know, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're running behind. You're always running behind if you're chasing the, the dollar as a coach, but, but it is about those, those you're building young men, women, you know, you're building them um, not only in their sport, not only, but you could be the voice of reason for somebody who's going through something that a, they can't talk to anybody else about. Yeah, but you see them every day in practice or, or whatever, and and you're like, hey, are you all right? And then you know they might talk to the coach because you are a party of you know you're you're a non you know you know you're not biased in any way. You're yeah. you know what I mean. So you're you're that neutral party that that could be a voice of reason for them to yeah. to do something different than they're doing or whatever. You know, make a better yeah. choice in what they're doing. Um, or just say, Hey man, it's okay. You're going to be fine. You know, and that's all they needed. But yeah. I, I, I told him, I said, man, that your position, you know, you have so much to offer some kid in college and, yeah. and, you know, we've talked about him doing the high school thing and, and he loves coaching. He absolutely yeah. loves, he's like, I, I'm not, not real sure about the teaching part, but the coaching, the coaching is it, because it's, it's rewarding to him. It's, it's fulfilling to him to teach another person a game that he loves and that he was really good at and help them get better and to love that game as he did. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, no, that, that, that's like, it's such a huge part of it, right? You like, you see a kid come in as a, 18 year old freshman, they're like a little doe, right? They just barely can stand on their own and they don't know what they're doing. And two, three years later, you're like, wow, like two years ago, you didn't even know that you could hit a ball to right field. Now you you're driving balls out of the yard to right field. Like those are the things that like when you think it's like the aha moment, right? It just clicks for a kid. When you get to see that, like that is that is one of the best feelings in the world and that's like on the field but it's also off the field right when they when they figure out how to be successful in college or that they can do it and then they graduate four years later after the first year they're on academic probation like those are the things like you walk across that stage you're a college graduate no one can ever take that away from you like you earned that and that's so cool and so enriching that that's the best part of this job yeah, I, I would imagine I, I I could I could definitely I mean it's kind of like playing music for for me anyway. Um when I when I'm up when we're performing and, and I'm singing and stuff, it's to me it's like if I can touch that one person with a song, whether I wrote the song or not, you know, and, and they're like, Man, I love that great show, that song, I love that song, you know, whatever reminds me of this or did whatever, then I've done my job and that that's why I do it. That's why I do it. It's not to be cool because I'm very not cool. Um, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like I do it because I, you know, I love music. I want to share it. And, and you know, just to, to be that medium, just to be that person to, to, to relay that message to that person that day is, that's what I, that's why I do it. You know, you get to bring joy. You get to bring joy to people. Right? Absolutely. Like when I throw on Spotify and I hear El Camino, I am like, in like <laughs> right then. Like I see, that's the best part, AJ, you're laughing, but I, I am telling you, <laughs> see tape play next time. If I don't hear El Camino, I will keep going. 
Crap, we better learn that. I know. Yeah. Put it back in the set list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, okay, with coaching, um, and and um you have to move. You're always on the it seems like is that that has to be tough, not only on you but your family. Now you have a family, you know. So let's fast forward, let's fast forward a few years, yeah. you know. Um you meet your wife in college or out of college. Yeah. Now, so um, I was coaching in Savannah, Georgia, and uh, one of the most beautiful, our favorite city to this day, right? Lived there for eight years. Uh, we were part of a young adults group in a Catholic church there, and that's how we met and, you know, wind up getting married at the church we met at. And just, nice. yeah, that's kind of, uh, then, I, you know, we, we went from there down to Naples, Florida. So Not, not bad either. No, move from one island town to another, right? Another coast. So, so she's like, hey, this job ain't going to be too bad. And then you go Olathe. That's good. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, the, Olathe like, was a couple hell? stops later. Yeah. Oh, what the hell was, what's going on? Where's yeah. the palm trees? Where's, yeah. the, where's yeah. the heat? Bring the yeah. heat, please. It says that every, every year from about the end of November to about April, uh, yeah, like we used to live in Florida and Georgia. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was really cool. That was good, that was good times. Yeah. Hey guys, remember kids? Remember when <laughs> everything was awesome? <laughs> Both my kids were born in Florida, right? So they're born in Florida. Yeah. Uh, but they were four and two at the time, right? And uh, I was head baseball coach and athletic director at Ave Maria University. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, great Naples, great town. It was, it was really cool. Yeah four-year-old comes home one day, you know, she was starting to get involved in sports, the youth sports and all that. And she's like, dad, you, why do you go to college kids games, but you don't come to my games. And that was kind of like a, wow. That was a thanks for life moments, right? That's an aha moment. Like, okay. Absolutely. You know, kind of realized couldn't do both at that time. Couldn't really be an administrator and coach. It was, you know, just not the, not good for the family life. So uh, we moved to St. Louis at that point to focus on athletic administration. Now, now with that, did you, did you have a master's and you went back yeah. to school, got your mat with your, when you're GA and um, at, at. Uh, so uh, when I was at SCAD, I, uh, my boss there, great guy, Judd Damon, who's now the athletic director at Flagler college in St. Augustine, Florida. And he said to me, he's like, what do you want to do? And I said, well, eventually I want to get into administration. And he said, well, you need to get your master's degree. And I said, okay. So I started work on my master's degree from, I have it from the university of Arizona, got it all online and, and that and could, could still coach and do what I wanted to do while getting that. I got that done in a year and a half and it was just two classes every six weeks, just boom, 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 just knock it out while still working. And, we were, um, my daughter was, uh, actually when I finished it, she was, I finished it right when she was born. So kind of set myself up to go into that administration field at that point. Oh, that's awesome. Um, do you, when you, when you made that switch to administration, obviously there's, there's a ton of other things that come with that job too. Cause you're not only baseball guy, right. basketball, football, golf, table, yeah. tennis, whatever, whatever they have, you know, yeah. um, probably some intramural stuff too, just, you know, because you're, you have to right. gym time and that whole yeah. thing, I'm sure. So there's a lot more, is it more time consuming than coaching? It can, it can be. Yeah. Right. So it just, it's, it is, it's year round. It's weekends. If you want to do it the right way, which I've always felt like if I'm going to do something, I want to do it the right way. I want to be, I don't want, I want to be at every home event because I think that's how the student athletes get to know you and, and, and they, they can trust their, they trust you that way. They know that you care and you support them. So if you want to do it the right way, yes. But the one side of that, that people really don't understand too is you're on different cabinets throughout the campus, right? So this whole COVID thing, I've been on a COVID task force that meets weekly and had to make decisions of what we were doing on campus during COVID. And 
you know, are we going to mask? Can we take the masks off? Are we going to be in person? Are we going to be virtual? How are we going to do that? So there's a bunch of those different things too, that it's not just athletics at that point, because you're an administrator and you're a big part of what's, and that's a good thing, right? Like they're including yeah. when you're a coach, you just do what your athletic director tells you you're going to do. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's kind of a, there is some different roles in there that people really don't understand in that. And it's kind of like you're a fireman, you're putting out fires, you're constantly putting out fires. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Now it obviously it's, it's rewarding in its own way as an AD, you know, being an AD. Uh, um, have you always been an AD at the college level or were you high school? Uh, yeah. I, so I graduated college in 1998 and I have worked on a college campus ever since. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I mean, a lot, yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, the, 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 um, and, and I don't even know the, the right to become, to become a college coach, a, or an administrator, whether it's, whether you're an AD or, or an advisor or some sort on the campus, the, what, I mean, there, there has to be some sort of, um, Obviously, the 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The um, when you're come on, hello, hello, eighty is amazing. It's amazing. Uh, interview the interview process, like the job interview process, has to be crazy because you you know to be an AD, yeah, you have to have certain you know you you gotta have to have a master's degree. Some some are probably doctors, you know. Um, and have their doctrine. And, and, and so you have all these checklists that you have to meet just to be eligible to be an administrator. Um, what is like the interview process? It's, it's, it's ridiculous. One, I'm not a suit and tie guy. Right. So that in itself is ridiculous. I'm trying to make sure like my tie is close enough that they can't see that my fat neck shirt won't tie button and stuff, but so I'm doing that all day and you're meeting with, I'm trying to think. So when I interviewed here, right, it was meeting with vice presidents for 45 minutes and it's meeting with coaches for 45 minutes and it's meeting with the campus. There's a campus session where anybody can come and ask you questions and do that. And then you're meeting with the president. Uh, you're meeting with a group of student athletes and these are all 45 minutes. Like we, I had lunch with student athletes and you're just sitting there trying to be like, okay, don't spill anything on your shirt. Try to make sure they they think you're a normal guy, not some weirdo. I mean, that's that's pretty right. much what it is, right? You want them to – you have to get them to trust you. And basically, you can't worry about – you're not going to say the right thing because there's so many people in on that process yeah. that some people are going to like you, some aren't. Oh, so, sure. It's just about trying to be honest to who you are and why you do this job and how you can help the institution. How can you help the athletes? How can you help the coaches be the best that they can be? Now you, as an AD, as an administrator in, in the, especially for the athletic field, do you, do you have to set budgets? Um, do you go and meet with the president and all the members of the board for the school? And they say, this is how much we can allocate for all of athletics. A to Z, this is what you get. And then you have to kind of break it down by sport. Hey, coach, what do you absolutely have to have this year? Yeah. So what are your want what are your wants? What are your needs kind of thing? And you try to pick a couple that you can. I mean, is that part of your job too? Yep. Yeah. Last year was really the first year, like because when I first got here, it was kind of set already. So last year I got the opportunity. We sat down with the CFO. And then my boss and kind of went over like, okay, this is what's needed. Like, like baseball needing to know that we're going to play 30 home games for each game. It's a hundred, it's 40, $450 for those umpires, those three umpires that work the game. So 30 games, 450 per game. We're looking at not a mathematician, but around Mm $14,000 for umpires. Uh, you know, and we got to make sure that we have, you know, those type of things. And th- this last year was a year we saw some improvements a little bit on some of that. And um, so we didn't have to fundraise, but, you know, each team has to fundraise too. And that's, 
you try to say, okay, we need to cover as much of the need, of the needs that we can, and those want items, those might be some fundraising. Hopefully, there's a little left over that we can get those some of those wants, right? Or some fundraised items, you know, and that's that's one area that I think uh, we got a little bit better on. You know, the inflation doesn't hit just the supermarket or anything like that. I mean, we're getting we're getting hit on equipment, right? Our our baseballs, our basketballs, our footballs, our helmets, our our mm-hmm. pads, all those things are going up. And we got to make sure that we are trying to keep pace with that a little as much as we can without being ridiculous, right? Because we got a whole whole lot of budget to cover. Now, okay, with that said. Uh, talk a little bit budget wise in, in the NA and NAIA um, the, obviously uh, the budget's going to be a lot smaller than it would be even at the division two level. Yeah. Um, or, or the division one level, obviously they have gazillions of dollars. It seems like to do yeah. whatever they need to do. Um, how, how, okay. How does, how does Avila um, pay for coaches and and equipment and things like that. I mean, where does where does tuition, that work? tuition money? Now, is that do you know if that's like D two division? Yeah, one? most places. Yeah, you know, and I think at the the division one and the D two levels, a lot of times though, their scholarships will be fundraised, and they'll work on you know having a pot of money that's fundraised and done with giving from some of that, but. You know, with most of ours, our, our stuff comes from the the tuition dollars. Okay. Um, coaches, do they come like if I'm you know I come, I'm the I'm a football coach at Avila. How do do now I've heard and I don't know if this is true or not, but um alumni will pay coaches. Um, yeah, some places, right? They'll, they'll do um, endowed endowed coaching positions. Mm-hmm. So they'll give a million dollars, and over time, over whatever, they'll draw off the interest of that endowment, and will help cover it, and it'd be named, right? So, yes, the Tate Stevens, director of athletics position at Avila University, and that's so I'm I'm looking forward to that check, Tate. That's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, in the mail yeah <laughs> but they do like yeah some some do happen that way and, and um you know i think certain places you know because i'm a huge notre dame fan we've talked about that but uh pat eilers played defensive back in notre dame in 1988 and his the secondary coaches the the position coaches endowed by him and his family and those type of things so it's pretty cool when when they get back right because and that's great. We 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 always want our alumni to give back because that means they had a great experience. Right. Yeah. Now, do you are you are obviously you have to be involved with the alumni um, and keeping them kind of abreast of what's going on in in the school and the sports and all that. The growth. Yeah. Talk about growth. In in and because that's that's a big thing right now. Obviously. Um. Uh, well, uh, Pooch. Uh, he's, he's got a, a kid that he's helping out that he's, you know, getting, um, scholarship offers from all around the country, all big D one, you know, class, you know, uh, power conference offers. And it's like, you know, um, it's just, it's crazy how, how those, the, the money that that's being, how, how like scholarships and stuff. I mean, just you can't. You guys don't have the budget for, you know, especially baseball. And I know baseball, even in the Division One, in, in the big ball, uh, the big class of college, it's it, they still don't have a lot of money for baseball. You know, for right, scholarships, yeah. they only get, let's say, they get twenty scholarships. They get eleven point seven. Eleven point seven. Yep. Yeah. So you know, you got to spread that out yeah. over all those kids, and yeah. and you know, but obviously. And we all know football is the moneymaker for the schools, you know, because they, they bring the most people in to watch the games and all that. Uh, but it, it's it's kind of crazy that, you know, just the, the amount of money it takes to to basically be a, a, 
a school and, and, and to pay those kids tuition. Yep. Um, and, and obviously, you know, even at the D2 level, you see uh, some kids getting 20% scholarships, you know, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, a little money is better than no money, you know, but you know, at the end of the day, this kid's still forking out yeah. you know, 80% of his tuition. Yep. Yeah. Through, yeah. Through whatever loans, student loans and, and all the big debt and all that, that you got to go through. Right. Um, it, it, it's, it's kind of crazy. I, I, I do. So with the alumni now, can they help with that or, or is that something they, that they, they can? can? No, they can, you know, and that's, that's one area we're trying to work on. We, uh, we have an alumni committee that athletics that will meet, they meet monthly and, up until taking, you know, coaching baseball this spring, uh, I was in every one of those meetings and I've had a harder time getting to them this spring because of they meet at five o'clock. Um, but though it's important to keep the alumni, especially at a school like Avila, we need to keep our alumni engaged. And a lot of times it's, they want to know what's going on. Right. So when I started going to those meetings, I would just share with them, hey, this is what's going on with our teams. This is what's going on with this program. Uh, just keep them involved. You know, we just got done with uh, about three weeks ago. We had it was actually April first. We had our uh, alumni. We tried to we started as our third annual trivia night for alumni. Right, we had twenty five tables of eight. Uh, it's a great event. It's fun. It was eighties night trivia this right. year. And uh, we just try to find ways to get them plugged in and just engaged to keep them there. Sometimes, you know, they're not ready to our younger alums. They, they can't really say, I'm going to write this $10,000 check, but they can say, Hey, I'm going to pay $200 for a table and bring seven of my friends. And we're going to have, you know, we have beer and wine and all that stuff there that they can come have a good time. Right. And a half hours just ways to plug them in, you know, trying to get them to come back to games, have alumni events at games and just try to try to find ways that they can come back and be a part because we talk about the money giving, but I think the biggest thing our alumni can bring and, and you, and you know, I know, <laughs> you know, you saw it, you've seen it, but it's the networking. And yeah, absolutely. Talk about the NIL. We talk about the NIL, NIL, Brady Quinn, you know, former Notre Dame quarterback, just started something called fund and it's friends of the university of Notre Dame. And it's a way for alumni and uh, former players to give money. And I have I read up a little bit on, but not exactly sure, but to help the NIL with the football and basketball teams. And basically they're paying them to start these foundations oh, yeah. charitable stuff. So it's a pretty cool event because they're learning, right. The whole charitable stuff. And, and, and that's how it works. But the more we can get our alums in with networking, especially here in Kansas City, where here at Avila, we have a ton of, of alumni that are in the medical field, nursing, grad tech, a bunch of teachers, things like that, that if we can plug them in with them, it's going to help these students be successful when they leave here. Kind of gives them a mentor. Absolutely. You know, that that's one thing um, that, that it is those connections. It's that those little interwoven, Hey, I'm, I went to Avila. You go to Avila. When you're out, call me. I can yeah. help you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those kind of relationships. That's, that's what those kids need, but it's also what the school needs too, as you said, yeah. um, you know, and that helps the school grow. Um Sure, everybody everybody wants a hundred million dollar facility update, right? Everybody needs that, you know. Yes. Um, and and so that's how I guess that's how that all goes down with the yep. alumni being involved, um, with whatever business like, like I know I know Avila is a big nursing school. They have a lot of uh, nurses and stuff that come out of there and and uh, are successful in their in their fields and stuff. And um, but I. I it's 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 kind of crazy and people don't understand that it it is a big business you know yep. um especially you know you're running all the sports you're running all the money through the sports for you know trying like i said trying to fill those needs um and and you know it's hard sometimes i'm sure in your position 
you know, you're like, coach, you have $1,200, you know, you have $1,200 worth of tape you need. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. We're going to get that this year. You know, we might. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There it is right there for, for wrestling. Yes. Yeah. And, and I know it's tape and all that stuff. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny because I was on the um, booster club at Ray Peck here uh, when, when Hayden was in school and just, you know, the coaches would send down, Hey, could you guys help us baseballs? You know, we need, you know, 10 dozen baseballs for, yep. the, for the season. We need, you know, seven new footballs, you know, uh, we need, you know, 10 new basketballs, whatever it was, you know, golf, they want new golf bags. Can you guys help? Can we put any money towards new golf bags for the kids? You know, and, and we would literally sit there and say, okay, we have X amount of dollars to work with, you know, um, the football program gets X amount of dollars. The baseball program gets X amount of dollars from the school funded by the school. So if we throw football, 2,500 bucks for footballs, we need to throw baseball 2,500 bucks. We need to throw basketball 2,500 bucks. We need to, you know, so then it kind of became, okay, how do we cut that down? How can we, you know, or last year we helped football. So we're not helping football nearly as much this year. We're going to help swimming because they need all new warm ups and stuff and, you know, things like that. So we would do the same thing, you know, with, with the, the booster club money. Um, and, and so that was hard enough. And that's just at a small level, you know what I mean? At the high school level, when they're just like, Hey, could you, could you throw us a bone here a little bit? These aren't college athletes who are, are really putting it on the line every day in, day out, grinding, working out, going to class, playing games, going to class, working out. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a repeating process for them. You know, every day is the same. Um, for them and, and, uh, you know, you got to put, you got to put a great product on the field and, you know, as you know, the football players always say, you look good, play good. You know, you look good, play good. And so you want that for your kids. You want that for the guys or for the basketball team or whoever you want them to look good when they go out, man, check us out. We look like, you know, this is, this is my golf game, Sean. I look like I know what I'm doing. And that's you all. got the white belt. You got the white belt, don't you? No, no, no. I, I'm untucked. I can't. I can't tuck it in. I'm too fat to tuck it in. So I'm all untucked. And and but my clubs. I got great clubs. I got. You know. I look when I roll up. You're like, oh, this guy. He's gonna shoot <laughs> whiskey. That's what I'm gonna shoot. Well, and I think you know. You you say that, and it's exactly right. Like for us, we're lucky to have a partnership with Adidas. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a little right. We're not getting the Kansas dollars uh, from a dehiss stuff, but the product we get, we have to make it look good um, because one, recruits want to see that, and two, when we're out and we're playing in Wichita or we're playing up in Leavenworth, if there's a high school kid there, like we want to look good that they say, like, man, that because that's what it is, right? I hundred percent. That is, I will say when, and, and I, I knew this, they did this with like, when we were on the recruiting trips with Hayden and stuff, they'd put them in the jerseys and show them all the uniform combos and all this stuff. And, you know, they had a table yeah. and all this stuff, you get all the, you get some sliders, you get some, you get new cleats all the time. You get gloves, you get whatever you want. This is a table, right? And it's like swag table. You get traveling suits and different things. When we went to Michigan a few weeks ago, and, and, uh, <laughs> that, that is mind boggling what goes on there. It is. Yeah. And I know that's that way in every D one power five conference. You know what I mean? It's, Oh my God. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm watching these high school kids come in fully decked out in Michigan football helmets, shoulder, pad, everything doing these cool photo shoots and all this stuff. And I'm like, and they and they literally said this is a big part of recruiting. If they think they look good in Michigan stuff, and they look better, they look better in Michigan stuff than they did in Michigan State stuff. We got a chance to get that kid. Yeah. And I'm like, are you serious? And th- and that's a big thing. So yeah, when you show up, when you guys roll up, and you're playing a game, and and you're like, it looks clean, you clean, and all you know, kids are like. 
That looks good. I like those uniforms. Where where's that? Where's Avila? Even if it just sparks their interest in saying, "Hey, where's where's that school?" You right. know, I oh, check. And, I'll check. And it's out. stupid. And it's stupid. We can stop in Emporia at Brahms because that's the closest Brahms to us, and and like Brahms a lot. <laughs> we stop in Brahms, and we're in our 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 gear, right? Our travel gear alone, and some kids in high school kids are in there and stuff, and. I guarantee you they're on this thing saying, where's Avila at? And they're, they're pulling it up and they're looking at it and it's a big, it, it is, it's a huge deal, man. It's images, images, what you portray, right? Yes. Yeah. We don't get off the, we don't get off the bus looking in like ragtag shorts and t-shirts and no, we have to, we have to look the part as well. Cause it's a big part of what we're doing. And there's, yeah, one, it's like team. Everyone looks the same, right? The team, the team, the team, Michigan football. Yeah. But, but it's also, it, it's on the backside, it's also, we want people to think that we look good and sharp and this is what we do. So, and, and again, perception. Yes. Perception, not only to the kids, but let's talk about people who, when, when Avila baseball pulls up at Brahms and I'm just in there with my family. And everybody gets off the bus. Everybody looks nice. They're all, you know, everybody's dressed like they should be, like a team. Here we go. We're coming in. And they're respectful. They're together. You know what I mean? That that speaks for the university. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you you are a billboard. When you got that Avila logo or whatever, you are a billboard for your school. So we were just in Ottawa, Ottawa, Kansas, and we were eating at Freddy's afterwards. And our guys were in there in, in single file line. You know, an older couple came in, and our guy said, hey, let them go first. So they do. Our guys order. They sit down. When we leave, they clean everything up. That couple comes up to us and said, one, just respectful and polite. And two, I used to give money to Avila. Cause we had a friend whose daughter played softball there. He, they said, we didn't give a bunch of money and stuff, but this just kind of reiterates, like it made us feel good that we did that. So I tried to ask him if they'd give more money, but. So are you still doing the money thing? <laughs> yeah, where, we where, are we that? That. where are we at on that? Where are we at on that? But that's, you know, that's your, you get a chance to make an impression on people and in, in those, especially in those towns where it's a blue collar, hardworking people like they appreciate respect out of the youth and things like that makes a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. All right. Well, so let's move forward a little bit. We've um, now you, you got to Avila in 18. No. when did you get to Avila? 19. Uh, So yeah. So June of 19. Okay. So now obviously uh, Daryl was, was there. Um, That that uh, that whole um, when when you got there, you meet the baseball coach. Obviously, now did you know Daryl before? Did you ever did you know of Daryl who he was? Yeah. Yep, because I was on the executive coaches committee in the NAI when I coached, so I knew who Daryl was, and and I had known the successes he had had here and things like that. So I, I'd like to think I don't know AJ probably knows more. You guys might know more, but I think Daryl and I hit it off pretty well from the beginning, just having a baseball guy in that role and, um, you know, just in our personalities, we were, we were alike in a lot of ways. We like to do a lot of the same things. And I think, um, I think why I coach is the same reason why Daryl coached. And it's been evident, right. The last six months getting to meet all these guys that played for him that loved him and um, they loved him because he cared about them as a person. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I, I knew who he was and I just knew from the minute, like the stories, I, I just laugh when I think about it. And, you know, I, there's things that hijinks that happened in this office this is right next to mine. So we had, we, we had some fun. That's Yeah. You know, when, when, uh, <laughs> there, there's, uh, when Hayden was, Hayden was in high school. Um, he, uh, the, the catcher, Nick. Um, oh, what's Nick's last name? Um, he caught at Avila for, for a few years. Oh, what is his name? What's Nick's last name? Anyway, good kid, man. Really good guy. And, and Hayden was a catcher. So, uh, Daryl calls like, Hey, 
hey, Nick will work with Hayden, you know, and, and he kind of gave us Nick's pedigrees. Like this kid was a big time player, got hurt, hurt his shoulder, kind of lost everything. We, we, we kind of snuck in and got him, you know, kind of under the radar kind of thing. And he's a great catcher, just hits the crap out of the ball. I mean, he's a good, good player, really good player. So anyway, so I'm like, yeah, that'll be great. You know, so we could take Hayden in there. And, and I mean, it was awesome. Nick was just, he did a great job with Hayden. I mean, from the fundamental, basically fundamental, um, everything, you know, stance, just how to stand, how to sit, how to, you know, hold your glove, where, you know, all the timing and everything, all this stuff that he, and, and it was all because Daryl was like, Hey, I trust this kid to help your kid. Yep. You know what I mean? And it was like, you, you saw, you, I mean, uh, that's evident. And like I said, in, in Daryl, uh, just being a, a coach because he was a coach, like, yeah. and, and, and like I, I said to the kids, the, the guys, when I came and talked, uh, to him, which I, I'm sure some of them like, who, who's this dude and why is he talking to us? Cause like, I, I was like, I'm like, oh. I don't really know what to say, but I mean, cause I'm a musician and you guys are baseball players. So here, here we go. But, but, um, the one thing I was mad because I did forget I forgot to tell them was about the relationships and how important they are to be, you know, it's going to be the most important relationships you have in your life. You know, you guys slugged it out day in, day out for four or five years, whatever, however long you're there. And, and you lived the same life, went through the same things, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, everything. And uh, these are the guys you're going to stay in contact with forever for yeah. not, not all of them, but you'll have your core guys that you will never, you'll be in each other's weddings. You know, you'll be, you'll, you know, you'll be the first one. They say, Hey man, I, I'm having a baby, you know, yeah. or, you know, whatever the good, and, you know, even the bad stuff. Hey, you know, this happened, whatever. Those are the relationships. Those kids will never, you know, it, it's their priceless relationships. They're the ones that mean the most, you know, um, but anyway, Daryl was, he, he, like I, and I, I was like, I told those guys, I said, you know, Daryl was coaching people before he was a coach, you know, back in high school, he was, he was just, you know, basically teaching us the things we should do. Um, and, and, and didn't even know it, you know, he didn't even know, I'm sure he didn't think of, he was doing anything like that. He was just being himself. And, you know, I, and, and like I said, it took him passing to really see, Look, looking back, it was like, golly, man, this kid, this dude influenced my life in, in so many ways. Never even knew. But you know why the Tay, and this is why, like, this is why, like, he was so successful as a coach because you did, he, like, he was always present all the time. Even when he, even when he didn't think he was, he was present. Yeah. All the time. He made, he made the time. He, he put the effort into making the time. And like I said, you know, AJ and AJ will test day. AJ, you know, Daryl went to all, every gig that he could go to, whether Just it was, it, yeah. whether it was a, a acoustic show or a full band show or whatever. I mean, and, and regardless of what he had going on in his own life, yep. he made the time for other people. And, and like I said, we're, my wife and I, we, we struggle to make time for each other sometimes, you know what I mean? I'm like, and, and it's, it's weird when people, you know, like, like that get it done. And yet we have it, we struggle trying to find that, that kind of, uh, yeah, I don't even know you to find the time to, to, right. you know, to do it. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, anything. Okay. So this year, um, you're coaching and, and AD and again, kind of back into that role. I, it's gotta be a little fun. It is. No, you it is. Fun, you know, uh, but it's gotta be a little bittersweet in the same, in the same breath. Gotta be a little bittersweet too. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Not, I mean, not to get, you know, too uh, emotional or what, but you know, I know that he was looking forward to coaching this team, right? He had some guys that had transferred in and, um, and, and he was excited for some of that. And, uh, you know, being in the dugout is just trying to know that those seniors that have played here for 
four years now, like they had a real calming and present present. Like Daryl always had a real calming presence, right? Daryl was, if he raised his voice, you knew like, oh man. And then they went to me who gets a little animated a little more often. And it's like, <laughs> too, like, right. Just try to be more, there's only one Daryl Cronk. There was like, there was, yeah. but just trying to remember, like trying to be like that. And, um, it, it, it is, it's been very bittersweet. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I just, I know that the, the two and a half years I was here with him, I really enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. Sometimes I'd ask him questions that I don't know. Some people, <laughs> as someone who's a baseball guy, I would always ask like, okay, what was your thought here? What, what made you do that? Or, you yeah. know, recruiting going. And I, cause I, you know, I did it right. I did it for a while and I kind of understand it. And, you know, he was always, he would always share though. He didn't, he didn't care. And when getting to coach with him this past summer for his prospects organization was a blast because again, he did it the right way. He had that summer program and he didn't have 18 to 20 guys per team. He had 12 guys per roster that want, he wanted to make sure that we're taught the proper way to play the game of baseball. Yeah. And um, so you know, there's days I find myself talking to him still and uh, just thinking of a memory and, and everything that, you know, you know, you guys know, I'm like, I see, you know, George Strait's coming to Arrowhead. And first thing I want to do is I want to get on the phone. Like, yeah, get the tickets. let's go. Um, those type of things. Right. Like I would love to go in to watch AJ play and, you know, getting to see you play down at Power and Light in the fall in September. I mean, that both of you guys there. That, mm-hmm. but the, that's what it was. That's that's what I, I miss too, right? Like not sure. just working with him every day, but his friendship. Oh, absolutely, great guy. He was an yeah. awesome person. And like I said, even we even even back in the day, you know, we were we were raising hell and stuff like that. And he's just like, all right, whatever, do what you do. You, you guys go do you and. I'm just coming. I'm hang out here. I'm good. I'm good. You know, uh, but uh, he liked to just sit back and laugh at us. Absolutely, that was it. That was him. Yes, He'd yeah. be out there. And I remember one time it was at Freebakers, uh, right? You're playing, and he had his staff there with him, and I was with those guys, and he was just sitting back in the corner like a proud papa, like. Oh, you guys are idiots. I can't wait till tomorrow just to recap what you guys did. I mean, <laughs> idiots, but that was him. He'd just sit back and laugh and be like, okay, this is going to be a fun one tomorrow. Yeah. That's, yeah. All right, dude. Well, man, I appreciate it. I don't know. I think uh, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. You have yeah. any, any, anything you want to add anything? You want to say anything? And no, you're good. I think I'm can good. We, can we, can we, can we bring up one thing? Actually, I got two things, but all right, go ahead. The fact that Tate has not watched the Young Rock, I we I want I, oh, yeah. I want to I want you to on demand them all, and I want to hear a recap on that. I'll have to watch it. I I wanted to, and and for whatever reason, I started, and we we had actually talked about it yeah. when we did the wrestling show. Yeah, and and I'm like, I gotta watch it because it'd be cool. But yeah, because of all the old school guys that are on there that kind of shaped his life, you know, because of his yeah. dad and his mom. And his grandpa, um, you know, so I, I just never, man, I just never did. I never did. Okay. So wrestling. All right. Since we're on the wrestling thing. All right. So, uh, who, who was your wrestlers, man, back in the day when you were a little, it was, it was, was, first of all, waking up, you guys remember Captain Lou Albano had the, the, the cartoon. Cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I watched that or Captain Al, Captain Lou, right? Captain yep. Lou Albano, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that was that was must-see TV. That and, like, uh, you know, the Flintstones on Saturday mornings. But <laughs> the ultimate warrior, man. I was the ultimate warrior guy. Uh, yeah, that was that was the dude. That was. I, uh, <laughs> so back, how, how old are you, Sean? Uh, 46. Okay, yeah, so we're the same age. Yeah. Um, Back in the day, and I don't know in 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 uh, in Indiana, I don't where mm, was world class. No, what was it up there? Probably NWA was probably up there, right? You guys had NWA on TV up there on the yeah, week. Well, we had like it was every Saturday night. It was every Saturday night we had WWF back before they changed to WWE. 
Right. I'm sorry. I'm talking about early days. Like when you were a little kid, like, did you, did you watch wrestling then? Or were you kind of later? And it was, kind probably, of- it was probably in the eighties. I remember the first WrestleMania and all that, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I was a WWF guy. I didn't, I don't think I watched too much of the, the, uh, AWA or whatever it was. Cause I guess it used to be regional, but I, I don't remember that part of it. Mm. I was trying to, I was trying to think because I know we had, um, the NWA here, we had AWA yeah. here too on, mm-hmm. on TV. Yeah. Um, and then you'd get world class championship wrestling. Yep. yep. And then you'd get, uh, what was the other one? The Florida, South Florida. Oh, probably Florida championship wrestling, Florida championship. Yeah. And then I thought there was maybe one more. I thought we'd get Jarrett's thing too, over there in North Carolina every once in a while, like, because mm-hmm. it was part of another thing, wasn't it? Oh, mid Atlantic, probably mid Atlantic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mid Atlantic. So we were watching all, I mean, yeah. we yeah. <laughs> growing up in my, of course, my cousin was a professional wrestler. So, you know, I got yeah. to meet all those guys and we got every time they'd come to Kansas city, we'd go meet, you know, hang out with them and get to go to the show and whatnot. It was, it was a lot of fun. And, and, uh, like bulldog Bob Brown and Harley race and all those guys just, yeah growing up watching those guys on TV and then finally getting to meet them in person and realizing Bob Brown was like five foot seven. <laughs> he's a little bitty guy. You know, he's like, he looks so big on, you know, they look like yeah. big monsters on TV. When you meet them, you're like, no, you're not that big. <laughs> he's a normal kind of guy. So like, you know, I'm sure you guys did the same, but like, you know, then you would sit there and you would actually try to go through the wrestling moves. Right. Look, dude. So, I don't know how many figure fours and camel clutches and uh, we, we, we would body slam each other for real and yeah. we would suplex yeah. each other for real outside in the yard. Yeah. yeah. The yard. We had a guy, we had a guy in our neighborhood who was the skinniest guy. He was the skinniest dude. So he was all, he, he fell in love with Mr. Fuji and he would literally, he would walk around and throw salt in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, Joe Messenger. I love it. I love that's it. awesome. I'll never forget him running to my house, and be like, "Oh, I just do. I just do salt in his eyes. I got it right." Oh, yeah. Good lord. Yeah, that was great. That's funny. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh man, that and then and then the, the Killer Bees, man. That, that oh was, yeah, that was my tag team group. Oh, right B Black, B Brian Blair. Brian Blair. Yeah. So, we the road warriors were my that the road warriors were it for me, man. You yep. you'd hear you'd hear Iron Man yep. and you knew somebody was about to take a beat. So, so who who were the, the road warriors? That was uh was it Laronitis? Yep, Laronitis and uh what was the other guys? Uh oh my gosh. Um uh, I can't remember, but you know his son's now at Notre Dame as a GA for football. James. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now is yeah, that he his, was with the Rams. Wasn't he played, he? Did he play with yeah. the Rams? Yeah. yeah. Right. Play with the Rams. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, I, I do the road warriors to me, Hawk and animal, man, there was nothing. Yeah. No, and then the Steiners, then when the yeah. Steiners started yeah. doing their thing, that was, they were awesome too. Um, but uh, oh man, oh. wrestling. It was so much. That was, that was like a <laughs> whole lifetime ago. But it, it really was. I mean, that was like I just remember every Saturday night to come on, and then one time, like once every quarter, you'd get like the Friday night main events on NBC, and you were yep. just like you were jazzed for it. Like Night Rider wasn't on, but it didn't matter. Like Friday Night Lights, or Friday Night, <laughs> night, <laughs> night yeah, so, Night Rider, yeah, so, <laughs> that's good. And, and then Tate, are you in Nebraska next weekend? No, um, that show got moved to the fall, so. Oh. Yeah, we were supposed we were 40 to minutes. We were playing up there next weekend, 40 minutes away. Oh man, oh, that'd have been yeah. awesome. That'd have been awesome. You yes. got to the show, yes. I mean, the whole baseball would have played, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but... <laughs> no, we, we uh, it, they got moved uh to the fall sometimes, so they're trying to work out a date again up there uh in the fall with uh with ricochet it was us and ricochet so yeah um yeah they're trying to get another date with them up there i'm planning my i'm planning in september there there's uh it was aaron tippin sammy kershaw and colin ray are down in uh garnett oh yeah okay all right all right i sent it to the wife i said this is our next date night Mm -hmm. there you go there you go september september (laughs) 
Yeah, hey, well, make sure you got it on the calendar. <laughs> I got it down. You got it on the calendar, honey. Well, I tell you what, we're, we're going to McDonald's and we're going to the show. We're going to Garnett. You got to go to McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, well, that's cool. I, you know, there, there's uh, we have some shows around around town, so you'll have to come yeah. see us. Uh, we got one. In, we got one in Grandview in June at the Grandview like Amphitheater yeah. in June. Uh, it'll be a Friday night show. I think the twenty fourth of June um friday night and we then we have um carney the carney amphitheater on july 3rd uh we're up there on july 3rd um is there any other oh we're yeah we're playing in uh shawnee at old shawnee days oh yeah in june i think yep. and june then third or, or something like that yeah, yeah june yeah. 4th i think we're playing the old shawnee day okay. and i think we're playing the the johnson county fair down in gardner uh yeah, we're playing Johnson County Fair sometime. I don't know when that is. It's sometime. <laughs> and, uh, I can ride my bike there. It'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you'll have some. We have plenty of opportunity to see me and AJ uh, play. So yeah, perfect, perfect. But all right, man. Well, I appreciate the time. You get home. Oh, thank you, home the wife and kids, and and uh, like I said, it was uh, awesome having you. And uh, I appreciate we'll, you guys. We'll uh, we'll talk soon, and and uh, let us know how the baseball team finishes out. Will do. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. That was Sean Sumi, Avila, AD, and uh, interim coach. Yeah, man. Interim head coach. But uh, what a good dude. Yeah. All right. Yeah, man. Well, that was it. It was a good one. Hope everybody enjoyed that. Yeah. Our buddy Sean Sumi. So got got me thinking about Daryl this whole time. I know. Episode eight. If Episode you guys eight. haven't downloaded it, go back and listen. That's uh, that's when we had Daryl on the podcast, and he kind of gave his whole uh, start to finish story. And and uh, I still I'll go back and I'll re-download it about once a month or yeah. so. You know, just just, just to hear it. his voice, man. You know, I I haven't uh, I haven't deleted the text messages. The last I text messages yeah. I haven't deleted those yet, and. Um, haven't deleted his number or anything like that yeah. yet. I don't know that I could, but uh, yeah, what a great dude and and um, made a difference in so many people's lives. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, we touched so many different lives, man. Yeah. What Absolutely. A good person. That is, that is a true good person yep. right there. So anyway, all right. Well, appreciate y'all listening and make sure you uh, subscribe to the channel. You do all the stuff, social media, make sure you share this with everybody. Even if they don't like podcasts, tell them to share it anyway. Tell them to share it, download it, download it, and share. give it a good review and a good review. <laughs> five-star rating on Apple podcasts. They can frown while they do it. Yeah. We I don't, don't care. care. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, leave a review, leave a, leave a remark and let us know what you like, what you don't like. And, uh, we're not going to change anything, but (laughs) still let us know. (laughs) All right. That's it. We'll see you next time. Ain't this a sweet life? Hey guys, thanks for listening. Want to ask a question for a future episode? Well, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter with hashtag sweet life podcast. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay up to date on the latest news and information for the Sweet Life Podcast. And we'll see you next time.